0: Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high-income earners come to learn wealth-building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth, with your hosts, financial and wealth-building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabrisky.
1: Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name is Christian Allen, and I'm here with my co-host. You know I'm as Rodney, the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, how are you, my friend?
2: Hey, I'm doing great, and I have a I have a little announcement.
1: You're, you've been, been full of announcements there. lately. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, our son, our fourth child, Spencer, is actually uh, enlisted, and going into the army. Starting yeah. basic training next week.
1: Basic training next week. Yeah. That scares me a little bit, Rod. If it was me, but I'm I mean I'm I'm feeling very proud well, of him.
2: Yeah, I would be lying <laughs> if I said there wasn't any kind of trepidation or whatever. But yeah, we're, we're excited for him. He's he's talked forever about going military. Uh, what's funny is, is for a long, long time, mm-hmm. he was talking about Navy. And then a few months ago, just to us out of the blue, I'm sure he's been thinking about it for a while, but then he, he finally decided he's going to go Army. All
1: so. right. So you're going to have a green beret instead of a Navy SEAL.
2: There you go. Yeah. He's going to start. out. he'll be a tank mechanic uh, to begin with. And uh, and then he'll work
1: his way to Navy SEAL.
2: Special, yeah, special services. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, Rod, today we're going to talk about tax deferral. People's People love to talk about tax deferral. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. I say that and I actually do. Like, People love tax deferral. It's like the loudest voice that suggests mm-hmm. tax defer all of your money. I mean, that's that's a, at least what it seems like we get yeah. from the media. And most most financial advisors, to be totally honest, really move people towards tax deferral. Okay, right. here's the deal though. Tax deferral comes in various shapes and sizes. Rod, why don't you start by defining what it is?
2: Yeah, so tax deferral is just the idea that we're, instead of paying Tax today, when we've earned the income, we're pushing it to
1: some point down the line. Okay, so you didn't say tax savings, and that's important, mm-hmm. right? That's important. All What we're doing is we are literally pushing the tax to a future point inside the tax deferral world. Yep. Okay. But here's the hard part, right? Some things are tax deferred, but also can be brought out tax-free, Yes. So we also need to kind of define what that looks like. Okay. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to we kind of lump these into a couple of different sections. Let's talk about the first section. And these are the just like traditional pre-tax vehicles. And specifically, they're the vehicles that you get a tax deduction on the front end, mm-hmm. and then the money grows, tax deferred. And when you take it out, you have to pay the tax. Okay. Why don't you go through, talk us through what those vehicles are.
2: Yeah, so these are the kind of retirement uh, plans that, that we often talk about. So we're gonna lump together 401k, 403b, 457. Those okay, and just- those
1: are those are all just, they're basically like business IRAs, right? Yeah. And so yeah. If, if you're, a lot of times people are like, well, what's the difference between 401k and an IRA? The only difference is an IRA is an individual, a 401k. If you're not doing a solo 401k, a 401k is done for a business.
2: Yes. Yeah. So then, but so the IRA is our next thing, uh, defined benefit plan. You're kind of creating your own pension. And then also for business owners, you have your simple IRA, SEP IRA, different ways that you can be setting aside more money as a business owner than you could as uh, an
1: employee. Okay. So that, that basically covers the retirement list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we have, we have another list here that we're talking about. We're calling our post tax, but before we do that rod i'm going to point out kind of a oddball vehicle that has the that we superstar have up there. let's it's something <laughs> but let's just okay so an hsa this is a popular vehicle these days and let me talk about yeah. why um and can i just say i i i like the hsa a lot better than i like just your traditional tax deferral yeah if it's used for the right situation okay so an hsa is unique in that you get the tax deduction on the front end mm-hmm it now grows tax deferred. And then when you pull the money out, it is tax free. It's really the only vehicle that does that. However, there is a catch to it. And the catch is that in order to receive that money back out tax free, it has to go toward qualified healthcare expenses. So you get some tax benefits. And and I really do like it. If you're using it for healthcare expense, uh, it's just a really great way to kind of ancillary piece. You get tax savings with money that you were likely going to be put at, putting out anyway. Yeah. Okay. Rob, talk a little bit about our post-tax vehicles.
2: Okay. So post-tax, the first one we're going to talk about is the 529 and Coverdale savings account. Uh, so these are obviously four Mm -hmm. education purposes so the difference between this and the hsa is you don't get that tax deduction on the front end
1: these are just like a lame duck version of the hsa
2: (laughs) yeah so you put it in the account it grows tax deferred and then when you use it for qualified education expenses you don't pay a tax the tax at that point on the growth
1: okay that's important no tax deduction
2: on the front end okay and then the roth obviously is is a big one after Mm -hmm. tax going in grows tax deferred and when you use it in this case for whatever you want, but but presumably you know retirement type stuff, uh, then it is comes out tax free. And then after that, we're gonna include life insurance and annuities. And the reason we do this is because the money goes in after tax, same thing, uh, grows tax deferred. In the case of the life insurance, when you take it out correctly, it can come out income tax free, basically like the Roth. Mm-hmm. On the annuity side, it grows tax deferred. And when you take it out, that's when it becomes taxable.
1: Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, Rod. So let's talk about examples and situations that illustrate why it makes sense to generally avoid tax deferral, realizing that there is a difference in the types of accounts we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. The first section we talked about, those are the ones we usually avoid. The next section where it's 529 Roth life insurance annuities, we're certainly higher on those than we are. On the front. And of course, Roth, um, Roth and life insurance, those are like, you know, money in the bank. So we love yeah. that.
2: Yep. rock stars. Okay.
1: Examples, Rod, take us through some.
2: Okay. So the first one, why we want to avoid tax deferral on those pre-tax category is people assume that they're going to be paying less tax when they retire or mm-hmm. being a less a lower tax category. The challenge is, is that really true?
1: That's a what fair question. Think? It's a fair, well, here's what I think. I think that there's a massive amount of debt, and mm-hmm. the way that a country the way that our country is going to eliminate that debt is going to be to increase their revenue. Okay. Rod, did you hear this? You probably did. like an additional 300,000 IRS agents have been hired recently yeah. and they're being put out into the field. Like I just have a feeling that they that their goal at the end of the day is to, collect more revenue, mm-hmm. right? So with everything going on, it's just really hard to believe that there's any chance that long-term taxes are gonna be uh, lower in the future than they are today. And then you just take into account that if you look at historicals, we're actually in a very low tax environment. Mm-hmm. So if we took it back, like I, I almost wish we had the little graph that shows it, but it's kind of like, it's like pretty significantly lower than yeah. what we've seen in many of our past years, so so paying the tax today generally makes sense, especially if we can put it in vehicles that give it give it to us tax free in the future.
2: Absolutely, yep. And I think that another uh, thing that often happens is there's this misinformation about uh, when you set the money aside in this in this pre-tax account, you're going to have more income later by doing that. And here, let me be more specific. So uh, this happened to me. So I sit down with uh, the HR department uh, when I get down and get a job, when I'm just out of college. And they say, hey, you should think about your future. You should participate in this 401k. And and to think about the fact that you're going to have more money in the account uh, because it's pre-tax, which that part of it is true enough. But the um, what what they are trying to say is, you're going to have more money in retirement by having put it in the pre-tax account than you would if you did anything else, right? Pay the tax now, Roth, any other option. But here's the thing. If I'm in the same tax bracket when I put the money aside as I will be when I retire and I take that money out, then it wouldn't matter. Pre-tax, post-tax, uh, 401k versus Roth 401k, the income that's going to land in my pocket is the same either way.
1: Well, so what that tells me, Rod, is that if that's the case, then early in your career, when you're not making any money, right? If you got yeah. your job at, and you were getting paid like $38,000 as a 24-year-old. How did you know?
2: Yeah, right. Just
1: to guess. Yeah, so you're getting, but it doesn't make sense to tax defer when you're only making 40 grand a year. It was the worst time.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So, so. Th- Let's definitely put that in the examples of when not to tax defer. Yeah. And and again, this is when people get into the habit of doing it. It's because it's just there. Now, we're going to talk about a slight exception to this here in just a second.
2: Okay. I'm excited. All right. But let's talk also again about a couple of other situations. And these okay. these next few are, are examples of people that we met with and uh, who had been participating in this kind of tax deferred program and we're not happy. So the first one that comes to mind is a couple that I met with and they had set aside a lot of money into their retirement both, accounts.
1: Both like teachers, right?
2: Yeah. Husband and wife. And and um, they were just amazing savers. Like it was yeah. really impressive. Uh, so they got it in there and then later learned about, Hey, we want to go and start investing in real estate and things like that. Well, we have all this money built up in our retirement accounts. Let's set up a self-directed IRA. And then we can invest in these, these things that we want to do. They did, and they were really successful with it. They turned what was already a, relative, a relatively large amount of money into a ton of money, hmm. which they were happy about, right? There's no question about how happy they were about how, how successful they've been. But what they were mad about is that they didn't want to take the money out because everything is going to be taxed as it comes back
1: out. I think that's huge, especially in the self-directed IRA world. Like there is 100% a place for self-directed vehicles, but we also have to think about what that looks like long-term, right? Mm-hmm. It, be, it was one of those things that became like a really hot topic like 10 years ago and all the real estate investors wanted to put as much money as they could into self-directed IRAs yeah. and then realized like, oh, like there is some downside to this, Yeah. right? There's some upside, but there's some downside. And so if the idea was, you know, put everything into qualified plans and turn it into self-directed, like you're going to end up in this situation. Like you described these people who, who, you know, they don't like spending their money. They like that. They've built a lot of it, but it's painful to take it out. So Mm -hmm. um, it's not a, obviously it's not like this horrible story and yet it could have been much better just by making some simple tweaks and determining, or deciding earlier that maybe some of that money that was going toward tax deferred stuff could go into the non-qualified space where they can do a lot from a tax standpoint and, and hopefully offset some of those um, taxable gains, the taxable income that they're getting from the qualified plan.
2: Right. Because that's exactly what was happening. They were looking at their <laughs> peers that were also successful in, in doing all that investing, but they were taking advantage of all these opportunities to save tax, the 1031 exchanges, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) step up in basis that that they just were not going to get because everything was inside of that self-directed.
1: Okay, Rob, why else should we avoid it?
2: Okay, so another example that comes to mind is a couple we were working with who, again, very prolific savers. Um, He had been in the Air Force, so he had a pension coming out. They had a lot of money in their 401ks, et cetera. And what was really cool is when we started projecting their future income that they were going to be able to take out in retirement and they were, they were right on the doorstep. Um, we were saying, Hey, you're going to be able to actually have more income in retirement than you have now while you're working, which was amazing, right? They're, they're thrilled about that. But then later in the conversation, as we got to the place where they realized, you know, every dollar we spend for the rest of our lives is going to be income taxable. It was mm. Like you just, their countenance changed. Like they were, (laughs) they were not very happy at that point in time. And so.
1: So it's an ugly pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow, right? Yep. Um, Okay, Rod, before we move into the exceptions Mm -hmm. and situations that we think it actually could make sense. And I did say that purposefully could make sense or might make sense. I'm not going to say it always does make sense. Okay. But before we do that, Rod. Talk a little bit about required minimum distributions because we have to hit on this when we're thinking in this topic.
2: Yeah, this is another thing that makes people mad. So uh, they have the money in in their retirement accounts, and they're thinking, "Well, that's okay. I'll 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 take my income from other places, Uh, the real (laughs) estate, the other things that where I've been able to create cash flows.
1: They'll just give their kids the IRAs and four hundred one ks and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, they can just live up. Well it's not that easy.
2: No, because when you get to the used to be 70 and a half, now it's 72. When you get to that age of 72, the government says you have to start taking money out of that account.
1: Gosh. And what's crazy, Rod, is that if you don't take the money out, they're going to dock you 50% of what you should have taken out. Yeah. So if your minimum distribution was 30 grand, suddenly that's 15 grand out the door just for not taking the money. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's wild. Okay, that's an ugly one. We want to make sure we avoid um, missing RMDs. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And and maybe even better, let's try to avoid to the extent possible, having to take large RMDs in the first place. Yeah. If we can do that and get more money through tax-free savings vehicles, uh, non-qualified accounts, real estate, these other vehicles yeah. that we can do more with, and that's a win. Okay, Rod, we've been teasing this, uh, but I want to make sure we get to it. There are some possible situations that you could justify using a qualified plan or using using tax deferral. Let's jump into um, some of what those are. So so the first one that I think we need to talk about is when somebody's late to the game. and And what I mean by that is, when somebody hasn't been saving early on I'll, I'll give an example we have a we have a really great client who came to us that are in the you know he's in his 50s and he was making six hundred thousand dollars a year from what my memories tells me and he just didn't have a lot of money saved right and so yeah. he's sitting there and he's like okay i make a lot of money i'd like to have a lot of money when i retire but i don't have a lot of money saved up now okay well that situation We kind of know that we're not likely we're not going to be able to replace the income which means Mm -hmm. that in the future we can be pretty confident that the income level is going to go down we don't know what the taxes are going to do right the taxes could very well move up um, or stay the same but we do know that the income is going to go down so in that situation we socked away as much money as possible into a defined benefit plan so that he could save you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for a handful of years, which he can then go and do something with. Well, that's a better situation. Obviously, the best situation would have been that we saved earlier, mm-hmm. but in that situation when they haven't, it could make sense to use a like something like a defined benefit plan.
2: Yeah, yep, that's a great example. Okay, I have, a, I have one. Go for it. There could be a situation where if someone has an abnormally high income year, and that could well just to give a quick example. Let's say they have uh, the regular, you know, five six hundred thousand, like mm-hmm. you know, like they have done in the past and are expecting in the future. But maybe uh, they have an inheritance that comes in the form of a retirement account of their parents. They inherit it. All of a sudden, they take on this additional hundreds of thousands, five hundred thousand dollars of income in that year, and so they have obviously a much larger tax burden. Unless if they can. Put some into a qualified plan then th- they can defer some of that
1: yeah and, and i think like another example would be like if you got a large bonus or mm-hmm. had a really great sales year if i'm a uh, medical sales rep and i just killed it in the year it could make sense to try to sock some of that money into one of these other places yeah. now and again i say could because there's still a possibility that i do that and it's not the right choice because mm-hmm. if 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 taxes do skyrocket in the future, even in that situation, you probably would have been better off to pay it then instead of waiting and paying it in the future. Right. But it could be, it could be.
2: Yeah, because we do see situations where people will invest in real estate, gets bonus depreciation, et cetera, et cetera, to, to offset some of that. But but again, it, there could be, right? It could be an opportunity to, to do some.
1: Okay, Rod, another example that comes to my mind is a, I'm thinking of like a, like a specialized surgeon or something like Mm -hmm. that. Somebody who has a really specialized skill, maybe it's really taxing physically, mentally, emotionally, and there's a short window of time that's available. Right. So if I'm that person, I'm making a couple million dollars a year. I'm really, I'm really going after it. And I just know I can't keep at it forever. Can't keep Mm -hmm. at it long-term then in that situation, just like before, it could make sense to try to, tax defer a few hundred thousand dollars each year so that you're getting ahead of the game, realizing that that income is definitively going to go down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're worried about burnout.
1: Yeah. Worried about burnout. Okay. Rod, so talk a little bit about the, the other one that we we brought up is matching. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the matching situation.
2: Yeah. In a 401k, uh, often, again, this is an employer offering, offering you the opportunity to, to participate in their 401k. And sometimes they'll offer a match. So if you put a portion, you, you participate, then they'll match up to a certain Mm -hmm. percentage. Often it's like for every dollar you put in, we'll, we'll give 50% of that, or even dollar for dollar, we'll, we'll match that up to 3% of your income or 6% or something like that. Those are common percentages. So in that situation, it's, it's really tough to argue with free money. Yeah. Right. So, and, and it may not Build much. We're not. We're, this is certainly not going to be the your primary vehicle for future retirement. But to the extent that you can capture the match, then we feel like it makes sense. Don't don't participate beyond that, but but at least enough to capture the match.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to argue with free money. If I'm getting a hundred percent match on my first five bucks, like I might as well take it. Uh, yeah. Okay, Rod, bring us home with the last exception to situations where we might actually use tax deferred.
2: Yeah, in this case, uh, we're talking about creating guaranteed income in the future for that retirement cash flow planning. Uh, if if I'm wanting to set aside a portion of cash that I have uh, to create some future guaranteed, and, and interestingly, you know, with a lot of the high income earners that we work with and high net worth people, even though they have significant amounts of cash flow, they're able to generate through their businesses, the real estate, et cetera, there seems to still be this underlying concern about, well, what if in short periods of time, uh, some of that goes down or, or goes away and I want to make sure I still have something coming in. And so creating some level of guaranteed income uh, is, is desired there. Well, doing it in a place like an annuity that creates some of that tax deferral can make some
1: sense. Okay, Rod. So we've talked about a lot of things here. We've talked about the various kind of ways that tax deferral exists. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a tough question for you.
2: Okay, I'm ready.
1: What is the primary thing that our listeners need to take out of today's episode? From your perspective?
2: Yeah, I would say that it's that you, you mentioned the loudest voice earlier, right? The loudest voice is telling everyone that they should participate in these no matter who you are, no matter how much you make, no matter what your situation is. This is And should be the primary place where you're putting your money. And number one, to challenge that in a big way. And number two, to suggest it doesn't necessarily have to be that there's no place for qualified plan or or for tax deferral, but at least learn about it, understand it, apply that to your situation, and then make your decision.
0: Mm,
1: Well said. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast. And
0: Thank you for listening to the money insights podcast to learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show please visit moneyinsights.net the views and opinions expressed on the money insights podcast are not intended to be individual financial tax or legal advice always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions and if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.